0: 1 Samuel chapter 17, again uh, in verse number, uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 49 for our, our springboard or our kickoff verse, the Bible said, and David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it, and smote the Philistine in the forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. Now, to the casual observer of David's life, it seems as though that it's a life of chivalry. As he walks down into a valley that day, just a lad, and he comes out a hero because he kills a giant and then seemingly strolls off into the sunset. We love that picture. But to those of us that have taken time to notice, we realize that David's life was one made up of not just one giant, but there were many giants. Yeah, it would be nice to say that there was only one giant to worry about, but David faced giants of all sorts and all shapes and all sizes, so to speak. And if you want a title for the message tonight, David faced giants without end. They just kept coming. And our Christian life is not made up of just one battle. Oh, if it were, how glorious it would be after you got beyond that. Man, it'd be, uh, it'd be, you know, easy sailing the rest of the way. But it's not over till it's over. And there's always some giant on the battlefield that wants the title. And he wants to take it from you. And so it was a battlefield. As the songwriter said, a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. Now, somewhere around every bend, there lurks a giant who wants to defeat you. We could point out several giants in David's life, but tonight... Uh, Three of the prominent giants that I believe threatened the life of David. Now, there are, I guess, about six points that I've got here. But in each one of these points, I want to compare these three giants so you'll understand what's happening. We're going to look at all three of these giants under each point. And so I want us to understand who the giants are and then we'll begin to look at the different aspects of these giants and their relationship to David's life and the effect that they had upon him as well as the giants that you and I are going to face in life and what kind of an aspect and effect they're going to have upon our lives. The three giants that I would point out to you, the first one I've already read in the text, is the giant Goliath. Now, I want us to go back in verse 42 and to read uh, some verses there so you can catch the flavor of this giant again because I'm going to point out some things in this text. Uh, The Bible said in verse 42, chapter 17, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He was but a youth and rudy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me when I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou cometh to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, of whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now all the assembly shall know the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. It came to pass, when the Philistine arose and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone, and slung it, and smoked the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead. He fell down on his face to the earth. So... David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. There was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheep thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. So we preached much this week about this first giant and there's no doubt in our mind that uh, David faced a big giant uh, he faced a real giant when he faced Goliath but there is another giant i want to point him out to you in chapter 18 those those threatening personalities and enemies of David's life that would def- devour him and would destroy him such as the giants in our lives chapter 18 and the Bible said in verse 2, And Saul took him, talking about David, that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And uh, verse number, let's get the verse right on this, verse number uh, 5, uh, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of the Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets and with joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands. To me they have ascribed but thousands, and what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day and forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand, and as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Now, if you know the rest of the story, and even you don't even have to know the rest of it, you can tell from right there that there has uh, arisen another giant in David's life. And he's a big man also because he is Saul, king of Israel. And he has in his heart from this day for about 10 to 15 years, he tries constantly to kill David. He is another giant in his life. But then I want you to look with me in uh, chapter number 11 of 2 Samuel and verse number 2 through verse number 4. I'm simply laying a foundation. The three giants in David's life. Chapter number 12, or chapter number 11, verse 2 through 4 of 2 Samuel. Notice the third giant. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. It came to pass, in the evening time, that David arose from off his bed, walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful, to look upon. David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, and she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned to her house. The woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. You remember the rest of that story, how how David had Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, killed in verse number 15 by putting him in the front of the battle. And, of course, misery steps in, and then in chapter number 12, the Lord sends Nathan the prophet to him to reveal to him his sin as he does. And then David uh, repents in verse 13. He said, I've sinned against the Lord. But uh, Nathan says to him, The sword shall never leave your house, but the Lord has forgiven you. I'm talking about three giants in David's life. I'm talking about Goliath. I'm talking about Saul. And I'm talking about this situation uh, that involves Bathsheba. All three very destructive. Now, let's look at them. First of all, I want to point out to you that Goliath was a giant that approached David from a frontal position. He came at David from the forefront. David could very easily see him in his approach and his attack. But Saul was an enemy that came from behind. He was always coming from behind David. He was always trying to catch David when David wasn't looking, trying to destroy him. But this situation with Bathsheba came from within. This desire, though David was a man after God's own heart, the apple of God's own eye, he was still human. And because he was still human, there was the potential of, of human emotions and desires, and yea, even less. David. And David failed to the desires, the corrupt desires that are in all of us, David. short of the grace of God. Right. Right. And he fell on the inside instead of the outside. David. It seems to say to me that giants, can come from almost anywhere. They can come from the forefront, they can come from the back, or they can come from within. But you don't have to worry too much about the giants that are in front of you. You can see them. And I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but there's no giant in the Bible that's ever recorded that he ever killed anybody. He's just a big old pushover, if you want to put it that way. I mean, there were giants here. There were giants when the children of Israel first went into the land. There were giants during Noah's day. But you find me one record where one giant of that size and that proportion ever killed anybody. And so David's not going to have a lot of problems out of that giant in front of him. And he's going to have to watch the giant that is uh, behind him. And Saul pursues him. He's, he's going to have to move from place to place to avoid him. And I'm going to tell you, if you've got sense enough to avoid some giants that are coming at you and not get around them and not go where they are and not ask for trouble, you can get away from those giants also. But I'm telling you, there's one giant you can't avoid, and that's the giant that's in you. And most of the time, those are the giants that we create ourselves. Those are the ones that come from, I'll tell you, the habits and the desires that we we allow to be cultivated within us. And this didn't just happen overnight. You know, David is a man that has many wives, and it seems as though every time he runs on a woman, he wants to marry her. And uh, it's kind of like a snowball effect. Starts out just as one little flake and then just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's got a grip on him and, and, and he's never, it looks like a man to be satisfied with one wife. Looks like surely David could be satisfied with two, but he's a man that's got at least seven wives and he's still not satisfied. He's got to have another one. And uh, so it crumbles from the inside. And can I say to you, most of the giants that get us are not our neighbors and not on the job and not the government or anybody else. The giants that get get us uh, are the giants that are born within us. They're the ones that will attack us. They are the enemies that can come. It works like cancer on the inside starting as with one little cell that goes bad and then begins to engulf another cell and another cell and another cell until the whole body is taken over with this cancer. So, David faces an enemy from within. And if the enemy ever gets on the inside, honey, you're in trouble. So, I'm talking about Goliath, I'm talking about Saul, and I'm talking about this, this desire. And I'm not just talking about Bathsheba now, ladies. Don't think I'm I'm getting down on her. I'm sure that some of it had to be her fault. But honey, she wasn't the, the, the primary uh, one at fault here. It was what was working in David's heart that caused this. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Now, the next thing that I want to point out to you is the truth that Goliath is a giant of, uh, he, he is a giant who wants David's body. Look in verse 44, and the Philistine said to David, come to me, I'll give thy flesh unto the fowls there. Sounds to me like this giant wants David's body. Boy, there are some giants out there that wants your body. Because this body is created in the image of God Almighty. And the devil likes to take young people and people of all ages and he likes to drag them through the depths of ungodliness so when they come out the other side they have no resemblance of what God meant for them to be. He wants your body. Young people, the devil wants your body. Your enemy wants your body. I said, I want your body. If I can get your body, I'll have everything. I'm talking about Goliath, that giant. He wanted his body. But now Saul, he was a giant that wanted David's spirit. This is the reason why the scripture tells us that he promotes David, then he turns around and demotes David. He's hoping that he can turn David sour and David will rebel against him, and then he'll have a real cause to kill David. He's trying to attack the spirit of David, is what he's trying to do. And certainly David's running from him, and he's questioning it in his heart. Even when he writes in the Psalms, and as he's in the cave of Adullam, he's wondering why that he's the primary enemy of this king. And David and, and Saul wants to affect his spirit. I tell you, this old world, a lot of Christians won't turn their body over to the devil. They, I tell you, don't smoke, they don't cuss, and they don't chew, and they don't run with the folks that do. And I'm, I tell you, I'm again all that too. But I'm going to tell you the problem of not, in our Baptist church is not so much with our bodies. I mean, just cause you shave right and look right and walk right and talk, I'm talking about looking on the outside. It doesn't mean that the spirit on the inside's all right. Right. And some of the meanest folks I've ever met looked right on the outside. I found out as a young preacher, I thought if I could preach the hair off from them and uh, if I could preach them looking right and dressing right and smelling right and all that, they'd be right. But I found out some of the biggest devils in the church was like that. Honey, if the devil can't have your body, he'd like to have your spirit. Amen. Because if he can get your spirit, honey, he will contaminate you. Oh, just think about David, that sweet uh, singer of Israel. If Saul had got to his spirit, he would have ruined him for the rest of his life if he could have caused him to turn on him. You see, the the, uh, catch that David was facing right here was the fact that he could hate Goliath and feel good about it. I don't yeah. mind enemies I can hate. Right, right. Boy, we stand up here tonight, and I'm with you on it. Thank God. I hate that abortion business. Amen. And I sort of don't like that crowd that's for do you? Amen. Huh? Amen. I'm telling you, uh, right out of hell. Sure. And talking about that man in the I just didn't like her. Felt good about it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I don't believe David got under conviction when he, when he hated God. I don't think he felt bad because he didn't like God. But I'm going to tell you something. When it came to Saul, he wasn't given the privilege to feel bad about Saul. He couldn't hate Saul. He had to love Saul. Honey, when the enemies sometimes that come against you are enemies of your own family and of your own kind. And the Lord said, love your enemies. And he won't give you the right to talk about them and run them down and turn your sword against them. That makes that giant hard to deal with. He could do something about, i tell you, Goliath, but he couldn't do nothing about Saul. He wouldn't he even cut the hem of his garment off. He got on a conviction about it and apologized. He yeah. said, I'm not going to do that no more. Okay. Hmm? Honey, that's when, that's when some of the saints get out after you and get to shooting at you. Yeah. And you hear they've been talking about you. Yeah. And you want to talk about them too. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost said, you keep your mouth shut. Hey. Huh? You're right. Oh, listen, there's some giants out there. And the devil will use him to get your spirit. That's what he does to the preacher many times. Yep. He'll use some somebody in the church, I tell you, just before preaching time to say yeah. something, do something, yeah. and get to that preacher. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right>. Huh? <laughs> so he can get up here and be all mad about something yeah. or all fired up. We're just human. Huh? But you know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you, some of your youngins is you're very giant. Get in and have your prayer time with the Lord. Get up. I tell you, just singing Amazing Grace. And here comes that 16, 17 year old daughter in there full of the devil. (laughs) Telling you what she's going to do and she ain't going to do. And honey, before you know it, you're on our warpath. I'm talking about we got a giant not only wants our body, we got a giant wants our spirit. That's what's going on down there at the job and around the house and everything. The devil wants to contaminate your spirit. Amen. Goliath wanted his body. Saul wanted his spirit. But I'm going to tell you, this situation that came within with Bathsheba, and I just want to say it this way, Bathsheba wanted his soul. Amen. And of course our soul deals with our Our will and our desire and uh, I'm going to tell you if he goes with Bathsheba he is literally selling out as far as his soul is concerned Boy, I'm going to tell you there are giants out there they want your body soul and spirit that's what the devil wants he wants everything you've got your will and your desire he wants it to be bent toward evil you away from the things of God and cause you to completely be saturated with evil and sin and ungodliness I tell you this old world wants you and them giants want you now I'm talking about Goliath I'm talking about Saul and I'm talking about the spirit of Bathsheba understanding I'm talking about the lust that is in David I notice that Goliath came when David was a shepherd that's when he showed up, this giant did it's a shepherd he's a nobody and the giant showed up honey you're never too small for the giants to come come your way they'll come but I noticed not only was David a shepherd when the when Goliath showed up, the giant Goliath. But David was a soldier when the giant Saul showed up. He had been promoted. He's a soldier. But he's a king when the giant of the spirit of Bathsheba showed up. What I'm trying to say from that is, is that giants will show up at any time. You're never too young and you're never too old for the devil to try to deceive you and try to get you. He came after David when he's a young boy. He chased after David when he's a young man. And he caught up with David when he was a child in his 50s, no doubt. Can I say to you tonight? A lot of times we point our preaching to the young people because of their age. But honey, the devil wants them at all age. Amen. Amen. The giants are out to get you tonight you're if you're 21, 31, 41, 51, 61, 71, 81, 91, or 101. I've been in the race 32 years. I've been preaching most of that. I've been pastor. i pastor for several years, 22 years. And I've been in evangelism a year and a half. You think the devil folded up his toolbox and said, Well, he's been along the journey so long, no need to fool him anymore. I know. He's there all the time. Huh? You never get to the place where he won't show up. And just when David's at the peak of his a career king in Israel, have already just about defeated all the enemies around him. Would you believe it? The biggest giant that he would ever face came into his life. Huh? That's right. I'm talking about these giants. Cause you see, the giant Goliath was big. He's a big old giant. But done told you he couldn't do nothing. The giant Saul was bad. He just mean. I mean, when you study the spirit of Saul, he just mean, yeah. downright, meaner than a right. junkyard bulldog. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. The giant Bathsheba was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, sure. yeah. And these giants can come in just about any form or any fashion. Amen. You can recognize that big old giant. And you can sort of sense that bad giant, but honey, that beautiful giant will lure you in. You've got to be careful. Because these giants are prowling around in disguise. And of course, this is what Bathsheba was. She was a giant in disguise coming in just about any form, as I say, and about any fashion. Let me say to you, I'm talking about Goliath the giant, Saul the giant, and the spirit of Bathsheba, a giant in David's life, all three out to destroy him. I want you to notice with me that the giant Goliath could only be defeated through the element of faith. David said, the battle is the Lord. I believe God, and I believe God's going to take care of this giant. Amen. And God did through his faith. Yeah. And many giants can only be dealt with through the avenue of faith in God. Amen. You can't do it yourself. You can't outwit the giant. You can't outsmart the giant, and you can't outgrow the giant. He's always going to be bigger and better than you. The only thing you can do is use faith on the giant. And faith is quicker than the giant sword. Thank God. You can kill the giant with faith. That's the giant, Goliath, that wanted his body. But the giant saw could only be dealt with in faithfulness. I notice that when Saul turned his guns against David, that the Bible said on three occasions in chapter number eighteen. Look in verse fourteen, and David, verse thirteen said Saul removed him from him. He got demoted. Now that'll mess your spirit up. That's what Saul's out to do. I done told you. B. R. Lakin said that every now and in your church. You ought to take a man and demote him. If he gets mad, that proves he shouldn't have been promoted to start with. That's probably a pretty good reason. But David has been promoted as a general in in, in Saul's army. But Saul has turned against David, and he wants to get at his spirit, so what he does is he demotes him. You go demoting a man. You tell him now, I'm going to your pay. I'm cutting your job and somebody else is going to be over there. Honey, you get at him. He, he, I mean, he'll start getting cantankerous. But notice what David does. He doesn't get mad and go out throughout the army and try to get him army together and overthrow Saul because he knows he's supposed to be the next king. He doesn't do that. He doesn't start throwing javelins at Saul. David behaved himself. Honey, if you're going to deal with the giants of Saul that are trying to contaminate your spirit, the only way to deal with them is just keep on walking with Amen. God. Amen. Keep on being faithful to God. Don't turn your attention toward them giants. Don't start throwing rocks at them giants. And don't start throwing javelins back at them giants. Pay them giants no mind and keep on a walking Amen. with God. Amen. But David, the Bible said, notice that, behaved himself wisely. He attacked the giant with faithfulness. Boy, what a blessing that is. David has a practical attitude. That's as practical as you can get. He behaved himself. You know what the word behave means? It means to be what you have. Everybody can do that. That's a practical approach to it. Instead of getting all upset and trying to take the thing over and, uh, and attack Saul back, he just behaved himself. I'm telling you tonight, listen. You're going to have javelins thrown at you and darts and folks are going to talk about you and run after you and run you down. But you behave. You can't help what they do, but you can help what you do. You behave yourself. He had a practical attitude about that thing when Saul came after him. Well, I'm glad that he did, aren't you? He had a profound attitude. The Bible said he behaved himself wisely. He's just a young fella. And boy, he's acting more wise about this thing than Saul is. He has a powerful attitude, because the Bible said in verse 16, But all Israel and Judah loved who? Loved David. Boy. Ain't that a winning way? When the giant Saul comes at you trying to upset you and turn your spirit away from God, only thing you got to do is just behave yourself wisely. Just walk with God in that book. And honey, that's the only way to contend with the giants of this world that want to affect our attitude. I'm talking about Goliath who's dealt with in faith and Saul who's dealt with in faithfulness. I heard about a uh, Sunday school class that God had blessed it and the number had multiplied and it got too big for the Sunday school room. So they had a vote. What the vote was is to either tear out the petition so they could have a bigger Sunday school class number wise or divide the class up and leave the petition just have two classes so they voted on it and the way the vote went is everybody in that Sunday school room voted to tear that petition down and leave all the Sunday school together except for one man he voted just to divide the class up so after the vote was over they voted to do it on Saturday they got there Saturday morning Bright and early, but by the time they got there, the one guy that had voted against it already had the petition two-thirds of the way tore down. And they said to him, how come you tore this petition almost two-thirds of the way down? We thought you voted against it. He said, I did but my church voted for it. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I'm here to tell you that's Amen. the kind of spirit I like. Amen. Those spirits will not be contaminated and will not get, uh, I'll tell you, become full of envy and jealousy and start bickering and complaining. That's good for you. See, I can preach on this in any Baptist church. You can take it personal if you want to, but I can preach because all churches are the same, made up of people. huh? Amen. And you're prone to let the devil whisper in your ear. You're prone to take things personal. Right. Well, you know, I went all I, I went all the way down there in front this morning, and that preacher turned his head on me and, and didn't even shake hands with me. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just wondering whether I'll go back or not. Don't, don't, don't go back. Don't, please, don't go back. <laughs> save everybody some problems don't go back until you get your heart right Amen. and you can apologize for our stinking low down attitude Amen. <laughs>
1: now I am preaching
0: huh? that's right oh well, we just let so much get us kick yeah. clean out of the traces we're going to walk around with a chip on our shoulder I'm going to tell you what. If that King demotes me today, I'm getting my own army. We're going to go down there and start our own army. I know where there's some good property. We'll start our own army. Huh? That church will fold up without us. Try it and see! Never seen one yet fold up because of cantankerous folks! And the easiest thing in the world to do is to pastor a Baptist church from where you're sitting. <laughs> but David wasn't going to be sucked up into that. He was not going to be an enemy of David. He was not going to get caught up in that petty stuff. He was not going to turn against Saul because he knew Saul was God's king anyway, and he wasn't in his hands to do anything about it. All he's supposed to do is behave. Right. Yeah. just keep on doing what's right, and God will take care of those giants. You won't have to worry about it. But I'm here to tell you that the spirit of Bathsheba, this giant, had to be dealt with in forgiveness. That's the only way. While Goliath could be dealt with in faith and and, uh, Saul could be dealt with in faithfulness, Bathsheba had to be dealt with in forgiveness. Forgiveness. Aren't you glad tonight? and I don't want you to misunderstand me. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll give you something else here in a minute. God forbid that I would even imply to you or you would leave here with the attitude that you can just have, that it's a picnic to sin against God and then run in and ask Him to forgive you and yeah, everything's you're right. okay. You're right. You're right. Be on the other hand, knowing who I am and you knowing who you are, thank God. That we've not fallen to the degree that David has, but we all have fallen because of some giants on the inside. If we're honest, we've all looked at things we ought not look at. We've all said things we ought not say. Right. We've all done things. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that's good. But I'm just taking the hypocrisy out of this thing, You're and right. let's let's not be a Pharisee for just a little You're while. Is anybody guilty here tonight? But what if God had offered a gospel that had no forgiveness in it? It wouldn't have been worth anything. Thank God that it is hard. There was forgiveness for every sinner. No matter what the sin is, the blessedness of being a preacher of the gospel is I can go anywhere, everywhere, to everyone and tell them if they'll turn from their sins to Calvary, he'll be forgiven. Amen. Thank the Lord. I remember we had a prison next door to the church I pastored. And I'd go up there on Wednesdays and go down into solitary confinement. They had... 24 cells down there, and I'd go to each cell. They had a fellow there that he was a little religious, I found out and later. He was leaning back in his chair and had his legs crossed on the table. He was a guard. And I went through those cells talking to those old center boys there, and I'm going to tell you something. This is amazing to me. Of the three or four years that I went up there on Wednesdays I only had two everybody always told me said every one of them boys up there tell you they're saved I only had two in solitary confinement that ever told me that they knew the Lord what an opportunity Mm -hmm. to share the gospel but I remember I came out of there one day and you talked about steaming he looked up at me with his pious look and he said preacher you think you could ever do any of them any good at all. Hmm. I didn't want to ruin my opportunity to witness to them old sinners. But if it hadn't been for that, I already had the words made up. I was going to say, Mister, there's more hope in there than there is in you. Because you're a number one hypocrite. And you're going to hell and you deserve hell with that attitude. Because you don't know anything about the grace of God. Because if you'd ever been saved by grace... You would have felt as unworthy as any one of those all right. men in that cell. Right. They really right. are a lot closer to the kingdom as the man David. that went in and prayed and smote his chest and, uh, and, and prayed to God because of the wickedness of his heart. Yes, and then the Pharisees said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like one of these. Right. But I'm going to tell you something, David owned up to his sin. Amen. God sent him a preacher. And he got a message from God yeah. about his sin. Amen. And in God's mercy, yeah. he forgave him hey. of his sin. Hey. Even before he asked, yeah. God's more willing to forgive yes, than God. we are to be forgiven, yes. thank You're God. Right. You're right. I'm glad for the gospel yes. of old time, old fashioned yes. forgiveness Hallelujah. for old sinners like me. Yeah, Amen. I'm glad there's room for forgiveness. Yeah. I've needed a whole lot of it, yeah. even since I've been saved. You're right. Oh, thank God! The Lord yep. sent that prophet to David, right. brought a revelation to his heart, yeah. an application to his heart, and He said, "You are the man." David said, I have sinned. Yep. And he said, David, i got good news for you, boy. You, this has been bad, but there's forgiveness for you. <laughs> Where would we be if we, did, if we couldn't look the old sinner in the eye and tell him, there's forgiveness for you. Amen. But honey, there's only one way to deal with the spirit, that giant called the spirit of Bathsheba. And that's in forgiveness. Yeah. I'm talking about three giants. The giant Goliath, the giant Saul, and the giant Bathsheba. Let me close with this thought. The giant Goliath, it only took minutes and no more than hours to dispose of him. <laughs> I'm amazed that when I just got when I got saved, how many giants God kicked out of my life just right then. Right. See, Mike I didn't even I mean they was just booted out. You've heard folks say that. I've heard people say when I got up off the altar, I never wanted another cigarette. Yeah. Hmm? I've heard a lot, I've got a brother's that uh, drunk. I mean and and when he got saved, never wanted another never even desired another taste of it. Yeah. Huh? Man, I look back over my life as a, as a young fella and how I was raised up and all the habits and the ungodliness and everything. Man, if all them giants were still alive, and me, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Thank God that He wiped out all them giants so I wouldn't have to mess with them. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, some of them, some of them, some of them giants, it just takes minutes and no more than ours and boy you can feel the freedom of them you don't even have to go to AA you know they're gone now that's kind of a giant killing I like gone forever gone and you can testify about it and I'm bragging on the Lord now. Don't misunderstand, but I'm telling some giants I'm glad I don't have no problem with. Right. Son, I'm telling you, I can drive right. Listen, before God, I could drive right by the biggest liquor joint, an A-B store, You're in right. the county, wouldn't have no problem with it. I could walk through the front door and clean through the, yeah, back, door. the back door. And yeah, and they could have it all poured in all the glasses, wouldn't bother yeah. Yeah. me. Amen. That giant's gone. Amen. And his brother Ed said, "Though, but there's some other none of your business giants. That I have to stay away from. Huh? That's right. Yeah. There's some giants out after you. But some of them just seems like they're gone. They're gone. And boy, they could be big, but they're gone. They're dead. I love dead giants. It's one of the only kind of giant I like. I love him dead giants. See the giant. The giant Goliath took only minutes to take care of him, but you see, the giant Saul lasted for years. Every time David turned, for ten to fifteen years of his life, every time he turned, somebody said, "Saul's got an army coming this way." Saul's got an army over there. Saul. Did you know Saul killed the priest because he uh, he thought he was helping you out? David got word from day in and day out and even when he'd go in an old dark cave the giant crawl in there with him yeah. <laughs> now them's the kind of giants that bother me like everywhere you go they take a step behind you you just got to watch out for them You're right. uh, just keep on walking straight now don't, don't let them cause you to deviate don't let them cause you to give up and throw in the towel just keep on walking straight But you'll always know they're back there. You can just hear them. I'm talking about the giant, Goliath. He can be taken care of in just minutes, but the giant Saul, sometimes that takes years. But oh, what a blessing it is when God does deliver you from that giant. Huh? But I'm going to tell you something. And here, listen, what I'm going to emphasize to you right here. The giant of of the spirit of Bathsheba could last a lifetime. David never got over that. And that's where I say to you, it's not just as simple as falling into sin and then just praying a little prayer and it's over with. Even though you're honest, I'm going to tell you, it makes no difference if the king sows the seed or if the little boy sows the seed. The seed is what comes up. And David is facing this seed in his life. The baby of Bathsheba that she had by David dies. David's son, Amnon, rapes his own sister, Tamar. David's son, Absalom, hates his own brother, Amnon, for the next two years. Absalom has his brother murdered. Absalom rebels and runs away as a fugitive. Absalom leads a conspiracy against his own father. Absalom openly commits adultery with his wives infidelity David's friend Joab murders David's son Absalom and the sword never left his house never left his house it lasted a lifetime now that's a giant that scares me to death it scares me to death you see The giant Goliath was used in a roundabout way to exalt David. See, God's able to use these giants. He got David where he wanted him in exaltation. The giant Saul was used to temper David, to teach him something about patience, long-suffering because he's going to be the king. But I'm going to tell you something, the giant Bathsheba taught David something about humility in his own life.